Jeffrey, why should we eat organic? Does that guarantee that we are not eating genetically modified foods? And why is this important for our health? And Stephanie, can you specifically talk about the link between glyphosate and obesity, diabetes, and kidney disease? Why don't I begin on this one, Stephanie? Um, it's a very simple answer. Organic foods are not allowed to intentionally contain GMOs or Roundup and a long list of other prohibitive substances. There's generally no testing requirements for organic contamination does happen. It's the nature of nature, but it is an excellent oasis for those of us trying to avoid both. The non-GMO project seal is just for GMOs and not for Roundup. So you can have a non-GMO project verified oatmeal that is full of Roundup or glyphosate residues. So if you had to choose between organic and the non-GMO project verification, organic would be better so that you can avoid both the GMOs and the Roundup. But the non-GMO project has an advantage in that they actually require testing in case there is at-risk ingredients being used in the product. And organic does not. So if there is contamination that's above an average of a 0.9%, uh, or generally overcoming their active threshold of 0.9%, then they won't provide the seal. Organic doesn't have such testing. So the gold standard would really be organic and non-GMO project because then you get all the benefits of organic and you know it's been tested. And the, the non-GMO project does an excellent job of tracking the new GMOs and trying to help companies avoid them. So we are favor of both, but if you want to avoid both Organic is easy. And the other thing is there's also a glyphosate residue-free certification. So if you get a non-GMO product that's glyphosate-free, it's not fully organic, so it may have some other chemicals in it, but that's better than non-GMO project alone. I think that's clear. We have GMOs, we have Roundup. You want to avoid them both. So diabetes, obesity, and kidney disease, that's a tough one to start with. It's really, really complicated what glyphosate does, and you really have to start with the gut. And, and I think the critical thing, a critical thing, is that it messes up the gut microbiome. And of course, we've been seeing lately how many diseases are connected to gut dysbiosis. And uh, glyphosate uh, specifically affects an enzyme in a pathway, biological pathway called the shikimate pathway. And... Um, and the, the reason why it's considered safe, Monsanto will say, is because we our, our cells don't have that biological pathway, so it doesn't affect our cells. But what they're overlooking is that our microbiome does. Something like 54% of the species were found to have a sensitive gene to glyphosate in a study that was done on the gut on the gut profile. And, uh, and we're seeing, you know, features of diseases that match with a decrease in bifidobacteria and lactobacillus, which are really essential mi uh, microbes to get the infant started when they begin their life. And then an overgrowth of, of toxic species like clostridia and yeast infections, all these complications that happen. The, um, the fats get really messed up. And I talk a lot about that in my book. And it has to do starting really with fatty liver disease, which is very clear. And, and so these diseases are all going up dramatically. Diabetes, kidney disease, and obesity are all going up exactly in step with the rise in glyphosate usage, according to the data that Nancy Swanson and I have collected. 
And um, so you think there, you know, correlation doesn't mean causation. Can you show the causative pathway by which it causes these diseases? And the, the pathway is complicated. The science is not straightforward, but it's a metabolic problem. And it particularly affects the mitochondria and the liver um, to interfere with their ability to process fats. And I think it also disrupts the liver's ability to produce bile acids because it suppresses enzymes called cytochrome P450 enzymes that are essential for producing bile acids. So when the and the bile acids are essential for for, for digesting fat. So you your fats are are not able to be processed, and therefore you, you there's a tendency for you to just build abdominal obesity as a way to sort of store those fats hoping someday that you're going to be able to use them. Fat cells actually have trouble releasing their fats because glyphosate disrupts proteins that are involved in the release of the fat. Uh, Anthony Samso tested lipase, which is a fat digestive enzyme that he ordered from a lab. It was from a pig, porcine lipase. He found glyphosate contamination in the lipase, and we wrote about that in one of the papers that we published together. So it's getting into these enzymes that um, that are involved with the fat, fat processing and messing that up. So that gives you the diabetes and of course, I mean, the obesity and diabetes is also connected to these metabolic problems and um, diabetes is also connected to these metabolic problems. And um, I think that has in, in part to do with another enzyme in the liver called PEPCK that um, I think is getting affected by glyphosate from my modeling from how it works on EPSB synthase. It has a similar um, situation that it could also suppress this really critical enzyme in the liver um, that, that handles gluconeogenesis, which is to release glucose when, when blood sugar gets low. So in fact, the baby has a lot of stress when it's first born because this enzyme really kicks in. The baby's not, not eating sugar, it's drinking milk and it has to get converted into sugar through this gluconeogenesis. And if it's not working, then you can get into a hypoglycemic situation where the baby can go into a coma because his blood sugar drops too low. So I think what happens is the blood sugar set point raises because of this constant, uh, the body becomes aware that it can't produce enough sugar uh, in an emergency and that becomes very dangerous. So it has to keep a lot of sugar in the blood for a rainy day, for that situation, if you were exercising very hard and you were burning a sugar, you can't make new sugar out of other resources because that pathway is blocked by glyphosate. I talk about that in my book. Kidney disease is really clear, especially for people who are exposed to, uh, in agricultural settings. And there have been several papers now written, both from Sri Lanka and Central America, where they found uh, these young men, strong young men, 40 years old, dying of kidney failure in record numbers. I think it's the number one cause of death in, in, um, in young men in um, El Salvador. And uh, these, these are the sugarcane workers who are spraying the glyphosate with, spraying the sugarcane with glyphosate right before the harvest. And then they're harvesting the sugarcane a few days later. So they're really up close and dirty with the, with the glyphosate. And they have, um, and, and, and studies have shown that they have all these markers at higher levels during, during the harvest season. And so papers have, um, have really fingered glyphosate as a causative factor, working with, uh, in conjunction with other chemicals. For example, in Sri Lanka, they also have paraquat and paraquat and glyphosate are a really nasty combination. A lot of times glyphosate makes other chemicals much more toxic than they would otherwise be because it disrupts the liver's ability to detoxify these other toxic chemicals. So it's really a, a number of different things. Um, it's all quite complicated science, but it's, uh, it's stunning really how it can cause all these diseases. One of the ways that you've talked to me about it, uh, Stephanie, that made it very simple is that glyphosate is a chelator, which means it hugs, it grabs mm -hmm. molecules. It was originally patented 
to clean industrial boilers and pipes because it grabbed the minerals. And that what it does, what you told me, unless you've changed your mind about arsenic with this case. Yes, I almost mentioned that. (laughs) Right. So it grabs onto arsenic and it becomes a smuggler. So because the body doesn't see the arsenic because it's being hugged by the glyphosate, it gets it goes through the system and ends up in the kidney. But the kidney has a particular uh, environment that causes them acidic environment that causes it to be split apart. Mm -hmm. Now you have two toxins in the kidney, glyphosate and arsenic, and these people are dying from kidney disease in large numbers. So you have have shared ways that these things work, understanding biochemistry in very simple terms. And I, I... when people realize it was it's a chelator and it grabs onto all these minerals, mm-hmm. making them unavailable, it explains why it is so damaging because the minerals are necessary for so many metabolic and functions. Without the it, minerals, there they all go on strike. And in fact, it makes many of the minerals both toxic and and uh, deficient simultaneously because it really messes up the whole. The body has developed elegant systems for transporting and delivering these these minerals because they are you know they're reactive. That's why they're good for the enzymes to help the enzymes to react, but you can't just have them loose in the environment. So we've got all these, you know, tools to escort these minerals and deliver them where they need to go. And glyphosate is a train wreck for much of that. And so it ends up really iron, manganese, zinc, you know, they all become simultaneously toxic and deficient. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with, or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.